NRD, emergency pod, cold stove, Jack Eichel is officially a Vegas Golden Knight, broken by, uh, it's just to Andrew Peters of After the Whistle. He was he was right on it. He got a he got a text. I know that. Uh, somebody I, I don't know if if Sarah Volley was on it in the middle of the night a little bit, but um, kind of a an en masse breaking of the Jack Eichel story this morning. What are your initial thoughts? Happy November fourth, Brett. First Happy of all, November fourth, pal. November fourth. That's a good day. I wonder where where that came from. <laughs> came from the great mind of Brett Merriman right there. No, it's a big deal, and this is something we've been waiting on for a while, and I prefaced last on our episode on Tuesday about um, saying that I have no clue when it's going to go down. I said no before our next Tuesday pod. Unfortunately, it did. So I lost that bet. Put another dollar in the at the end of the day jar for NRD. Um, <laughs> no, but it's a big move. And shout out to Peters and Sarah Volley. And, you know, already did my tire pumping on Twitter. But shout out to us. I, I think that uh, we were on top of this from the get go. It was clear last Friday when it came across my desk that Peyton Krabs and Alex Tuck were the main two pieces going the other way, there was a first involved. And then there was that fourth piece that I had heard was a prospect that obviously didn't come to fruition. I know, and this is not throwing anybody under the bus, but I do know that as of 2 a.m. before the cycle trade went down, Sarah Volley tweeted out that the package was Tuck, Krebs, a first and a defensive prospect. So that fourth piece was always up in the air and in play, and it was tough to nail down, especially because of the lack of information that was coming out of Buffalo and the Eichel camp. And, and really quick, I just want—I told—I uh, told everybody on Twitter that once the Eichel trade went down, I'd break the fourth wall a little bit about why things went so dead in the Eichel sweepstakes after the offseason. And, and I'll be quite frank, it, it did fall apart a little bit for information for a lot of guys after Eichel changed representation. The strategy from Peter Fish and Co. was to play this through the media and basically leak what was going on to everybody to force Kevin Adams' hand. That didn't work out, and Jack Eichel moved on to Papersan as his representation. So just a little insider scoop on the insider game. That's kind of what happened there with, with the Eichel information and why things transferred from a, we had an idea of what was going on in the Jack Eichel camp 24 seven to things are hot, things are cold and more so feelers than anything else. But yeah, it's an exciting day for Buffalo. It's an exciting day for Vegas and it's a good trade for both sides in my opinion. Yeah. So the, let me run through the official trade here while we have it. So Buffalo receives Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, a 2022 first-round pick that is top 10 protected, and a 2023 second-round pick. I know there was some some differing uh, reporting on that that fourth piece. It's officially a 2023 second, and Vegas receives a uh, Jack Eichel and a 2023 third-round pick. My, uh, I, I think we, you kind of touched on it, but that fourth piece where I had heard things, you had heard things. I don't think that fourth piece was settled until last night, frankly, is what happened. I think it was, at one point, it was Nikade. At one point, it was uh, Brisson. At one point, it was uh, just, you you name it, right? Lucas Alvarez, at heard, one point, yeah, we had Alvarez, come across, right? yep. So that fourth piece was sort of the, you know, the the holdup, I guess, the, the lock that made this thing work. Um, I don't think... Well, you know what? Maybe Carlson had something to do with it, breaking his foot. I don't know. Um, I don't have a feeling that was all that important other than maybe it provided some urgency from Vegas's point of view where, hey, this, this season's going off the rails pretty quickly here. 
uh, as, as far as injuries go. And uh, but November fourth, man, it's a day. It's three, a big day. Three three months ahead of the Winter Olympic opening ceremonies. I tweeted out uh, Jack O'Callaghan and Herb Brooks. Their uh, their little uh, interaction on the ice where where Herb Brooks tells OC that he's he's going to be on the team going forward. You, listen, you never know, but optimistically, and as we've said on the Cold Stove podcast, optimistically, you're looking at the ADR coming within the next couple of days now, probably this weekend, is my Absolutely. guess. Um, yeah. Obviously, HIPAA and stuff like that would prevent <laughs> me from knowing when the surgery is going to happen, but sure, likely this weekend. And then for, for non-athletes, this ADR gets people back on their feet in three to four weeks, as we've said. Mm-hmm. For an athlete of Jack Eichel's caliber, probably closer to three or four months. But you never know. That November 4th deadline was concrete, and, and that was put into the world by ours truly, Brett Merriman. And I think that there's a chance that you might see Jack Eichel in Beijing. You never know. I've always been skeptical what. about it because – I know. of I've been skeptical because if you're Vegas, I don't know if you'd want to see him touching ice for the first time in competitive play, not in the T-Mobile arena or, or on the road with your program, but – you never know, and that would be something else. I'll tell you what, an athlete of that caliber, the motivation of that caliber that he has right now, and and when he – because the, the surgery, if it goes 100% well, he's skating in six weeks. The time frame between six – and then another six weeks until the Olympics, you're telling me that dude is not going to be flying around the ice in Vegas in February – Ripping shots and having a blast, and and you're gonna te- you're gonna keep him off the Olympic team. I don't see it. Um, I guess we we will find out though. That that's something that that's another uh, cold stove bet we can have as we get down the line here. It, it's possible that you see Jack Eichel on the ice January, February in Vegas in some capacity. Obviously, he's not going to be selected to the All Star game, but there's a chance that he's skating before the Olympics and he goes with Team USA to Beijing. It's really encouraging for, for every party to get this done. And I think that that's what it came down to, was getting this done in a timely fashion that gets Jack Eichel healthy. And that really was what Pat Brisson was brought in for after mm-hmm. Peter Fish, who we, who we discussed before. That's why that move was made with Jack's camp and his representation is to broker something like this to get him back on the ice in a timely fashion. Who knows where we would have been with Peter Fish? Who knows if Jack Eichel would have ended up with Vegas if Peter Fish was still his agent? Probably could have happened. Might have still happened the same way, but we don't know these things, and we don't have to try to figure them out. But everything worked according to plan for all sides, in my opinion. Uh, Kevin Adams yeah. Kevin Adams did a great job of holding on to whatever leverage he had in a situation of a player who was not coming back and playing for the Buffalo Sabres. That was dead in the water. That just wasn't happening at this point. But... Beyond that, I mean, kudos to him. He did a hell of a job of milking these teams. That Matthew Kachuk scoop that came out last night that was proven to be probably not accurate as written on the table. I mean, off air, you and I had a discussion. It's almost like that tweet read that Kevin Adams wrote that tweet up himself and composed it from from a reporter's Twitter feed. Yeah, almost like that. And I like Weechie. I think Weechie, he's an awesome dude. He breaks scoops 
as, all the as, time. As, and and Weeksy, and that's this is not to discredit Weeksy, right? Because no, no, no. Anybody shares the information they get from highly reputable sources, and when that information is coming out of a team, you you trust that team, and your your job is to report what you're being told. So there's nothing against Weeksy or anybody for that matter. There, the point of what I was trying to make was, you know, that's how you work the media. That's how you work leverage in a trade negotiation. I mean, on Tuesday's episode of the Cold Stove Pod, I sat here and told you that the offer was purportedly Krebs talked the prospect in the first. And many of you people tweeted us and said that's bullshit because if that was the offer, the deal would have been done by now. And you know what? Look what happened a couple of days later. It is done, and. Vegas took one less, less stab at this to try to get a deal done with the negotiation and the leverage through Kevin Weeks and the media. So that's just how these things work in the National Hockey League. It's how they've always worked. It's how they will work going forward. And it's just, it's just more it's more out in the open now. It's Twitter. more out in the open. And I think that Twitter and all this, this insider game has led to that. And it's become more of a thing in the National Hockey League. But either way, that's what it is. It's negotiating through the media all the time. And like I said, kudos to Kevin Adams for trying to milk that and get, get every ounce of leverage he had left out of Vegas and out of Calgary and out of any other team that might have been involved. I know Pierre Lebrun this morning said Carolina might have been a third team that was lurking. I had heard and other people have corroborated Detroit at one point being involved, but kudos to him. That's how you that's how you garner a bidding war out of a guy that just doesn't want to be in that spot anymore. Yeah, and you look at what you look at what happened, right? They you probably have 85%, 90% value on this trade. The If he was 100%, maybe that second round pick in 2023 is switched to a prospect of Nick Cage's caliber. And maybe that first round pick is not top 10 protected. So it would be switched to 2023 if Vegas, in fact, pitched within the top 10. Maybe that's the the end of that value where, where they didn't get 100% because he's a damaged asset. Um, I think I texted you... Uh, probably a month ago and said, don't be surprised if there's another piece from Buffalo going in this trade Correct. to kind of um, settle things down. So that's where that 2023 third kind of came in. Um, but it, the other part of it was that the Sabres, I, I would, I would have been stunned if they had retained salary on Jack stunned. I knew multiple, multiple people going back months at this point, that they're the Terry Bagul is not going to pay Jack a dime, He's and that's yeah, and that's what it came down to is Terry Pagula being stubborn, and that's okay, you know. Of course, of course, we, we could sit here, we could sit here and try to place blame on on who what went wrong in the Jack Eichel saga in, in that in that trilogy in Buffalo, if you will. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where it went wrong, and I caught myself there. I don't know if you guys heard that. <laughs> I was about to say it. I didn't. Save that dollar for for a rainy day. Don't put it in the jar yet. D- that's what happened. Was was Terry Pagula stuck to his guns and he said, "I'm not paying this guy an ounce of money, a dime, at any point going forward." After what he did to the organization, you could say that it's Jack Eichel for not wanting to report. You could say it's Terry Pagula for not okaying the surgery. That it probably was in Jack's interest, but it doesn't matter. And I, like I said, I think this worked out really well for both sides. Vegas got great value for for an asset that let's not be mistaken here he still has a pretty debilitating neck injury and the good thing about modern medicine and the good thing about where sports medicine is at now today is that these guys don't stay down for too long when these types of injuries pop up but it still is a neck injury he still has to come back and compete at the highest level in the national hockey league 
So there's some risk on Vegas' side too. It's not all rainbows and unicorns over there on the sunset uh, on the Vegas Strip. Mm-hmm. But but that's why I think that this trade worked out for both sides so well is because, like you've mentioned, that third round pick going back to Vegas. I know that's nothing crazy, that's nothing gangbusters, but it is a third round pick. You can still get a ton of value out of the third round, especially in the National Hockey League draft over some other leagues. So there's that protection that that insurance asset that goes to vegas listen if jack eichel never hits the ice again which i don't think is going to happen that guy's going to be back and even if he's at 90 percent of what he was prior to the injury he will be back but there's some sort of insurance policy with the third round pick in place and and buffalo i don't want to repeat myself did really well for what for what they had on the table in front of them and for what teams were willing to pay considering like we said this is an asset that was hurt and there's no guarantees of what he comes back to when he hits the ice. But that we know he's pretty damn good when he is healthy. So if yep. he is, Vegas wins that side too. Yeah. yeah. You know what? They always say that the best player in the deal goes to the, the winning team of the trade. So you would say Vegas wins this trade. And I hope Jack is back at 100%. I'm glad he's out west. I'm glad he's he, – you know, the Sabres theoretically wouldn't see him until the cup final. Um, so Buffalo's set up for the future with Krebs, with a Tuck, who's a hometown guy, by the way, Tuck playing in his, his hometown Buffalo, which is awesome. I'm sure that's a Terry Pagula thing, too. Go get the hometown kids so we can market that, which I agree with. They get the first-round pick and, the, and then the second-round pick in two years. I think it's a good deal for both teams, honestly. I'm, I'm happy with the deal. Krebs, Tuck, and a first were always the three. Um, I think we've known that for a while now. And it came down to that fourth piece. Now, let me put my Buffalo hat, my fan hat on real quick. It's also a sad day for Buffalo Sabres fans because Jack represented the reward of the tank of 2014-15. And Jack Eichel, I've probably watched, I have watched hundreds of his games since that day where he was drafted. There's nobody who skates like him. There's nobody who who possesses the puck in one-on-one situations like him. And, you, you know, he's not as fast as Connor McDavid, but his stride is is so long and efficient that nobody skates like him. There's nobody that that him and Darlene, when they were ripping at the power play, like him, Darlene, and Olofsson on the, on the other side, it was beautiful. They Jack Eichel is a top five player in the National Hockey League. McDavid, Matthews, Drysaddle, and, and like I take Jack Eichel over Sidney Crosby today. You could you could argue today, that Jack Eichel three yeah. even. I mean, completely yeah. healthy. And Leon Draisaitl is a hell of a player, but you can argue that Jack Jack fits in right there with him. I mean, they're three A three B. If you don't want to yeah. say one's three, one's four. So I'm just. It's a sad day for Sabres fans. I mean, he lit up that arena in a lot of dark times. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm sad to see him go. I really am. I I, I wish. You know, going back a year, you tell me that Jack Eichel's leaving, I would have said, no way. And then, obviously, the next uh, situation threw a whole wrench in, in the plans, and now here we go. Now we're building a team around, you know, Krebs and Cousins and Middlestat, and all of a sudden that center spine in a couple of years doesn't look too bad. So, no, and it's, it's a fun day for both teams, I think. By the way, it was a good pun with the center spine looking pretty good in Buffalo now with uh-huh. Jack Eichel out of the building. Caught that. They're building something exciting in Buffalo. And I'm not going to act like 
Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, and and a first and a and a second round pick is Jack Eichel. I mean, it is in terms of the trade. It's not for what Jack Eichel was supposed to mean to the city of Buffalo and say and Sabres fans across the country. But it gives you a great tool, two tools actually. Whether whether Tuck goes at the deadline for for more pieces as a rental. Or, or if Terry Pagula and Kevin Adams and Cole want to keep Tuck as the hometown kid in the lineup beyond this season, that's that's very much on the table too. But it gives you pieces now to continue that rebuild. And unfortunately, as, as the Sabres fan in the building, Brett, I'm sure you didn't foresee a rebuild happening again after the Jack Eichel draft choice. I thought, yeah. you, I would say you guys probably thought, I, I mean, this is a question for you. I'll leave it up to you. Would you say that after Jack Eichel was selected um, and – this is not now hindsight. I, I, I know we're, we all have the benefit of hindsight, and we saw that Rasmus Stalin and Owen Power were, were two first overall picks for the Buffalo Sabres post-Jack Eichel. But in the moment, can you honestly sit here and say that you thought after the Jack Eichel pick, the dark days were done, we're coming out of this rebuild now, we have a superstar? Yeah, of course. Of yeah, course. So- that was, and that's that's what it was. It was with Jack. Now, now the rebuild gets going. We have Sam. We have Jack. We have a, a young Risto at that point. And... And here we go. And yeah. So, yeah. No. I mean, uh, that's to the point. It is where I'm trying to go with this. Is that trade package is great, but at the same time, it's not what Jack Eichel was supposed to mean to Buffalo. But you did the best you could, and and it's a shame, and I feel bad that it didn't work out for all parties because Buffalo is a great fan base, and I think the the attendance that has been in Buffalo over the past couple of months is not indicative of, of how passionate Sabres fans are. And I think that this Jack Eichel saga had a lot to do with that and frustration with the franchise and the organization over how they handled it. But brighter days are ahead. Yeah, they As are. you said, think... yeah, no, they, they're stacked up the middle. They're, they're stacked up the middle in years to come if everybody hits their stride and, and reaches their potential. Yeah, it, it, it's – they're, they're going to be a playoff team. I, I'm very confident in saying that. Not Maybe not this year, maybe not next year. But that team is going to be a very good hockey team when they have the, the guys like Jack Quinn, AHL Player of the Month last year or last month, it's coming out of the blocks unbelievably hot. JJ Paterka should have made the Sabers out of camp. He was at worst a third line player for the Sabers in camp, and they they put him down to get minutes. And I get that they don't want to come out of the blocks too hot with a, a kid like Paterka. But Quinn Paterka, um, you have Prokhor. Poltipov, who's who's with Cisco Moscow now for a couple of years, but he's going to be a stud. They got him at the top of the second. Owen Power, Isaac Rosine, and whatever three first-round picks they get this upcoming year from their own, from Florida, and from Vegas. All of a sudden, that team, you know, I hate to play the two years away, three years away, whatever, but this team is going to have a ton of young talent and a ton of cap space to bring guys in that can shepherd that talent and move them forward. So I, I, I like where they're set up. This was a big, big piece of that. And now we go like now, now the baggage is gone. Not that Jack is bad. Cause I hate, I hate when people say he's a locker room dickhead. He's not, he's just, they did a great job over there at Pagula land of, of painting a picture. And I can very much confirm that that picture is not the case. No, I was a good kid. Like, he wouldn't have been in the leadership role with USA Hockey for all these years because I know. Right. I, I mean, we could we could take shots and make jokes at USA Hockey's expense right now for the whole Bill Guerin and Stan Bowman thing, but but in mm-hmm. terms of in terms of what they've produced and talent and players over the years, 
They produce great leaders in the National Hockey League. That's that's seen with Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel and, you know, and post-issue Patrick Kane to an extent in, in Chicago. Um, so USA Hockey has produced some gems over the years. And two points that I wanted to make before we get out of here. Number one, I, I'm not a big fan of lottery tickets, but as you've said, those three first-round picks are huge for Buffalo. And you mentioned they could be a playoff team next year, the year after. They started really hot this year, and who knows what happens come come February. I mean, Tuck should be back in a month now with his shoulder issues. Should be back in the lineup in a month, two, uh, month and a half time, uh, time frame on that. When you're in a race, if you get off to a hot start and lap the field two times over and then you run out of gas, you're still two laps up on the field. So Buffalo's start is huge for them this year in case things falter. You never know. I would never say never on the season for the Buffalo Sabres, especially if they improve in net um, or, or somehow some way that this Anderson-Tokarski tandem stays sustainable. But that really? that was point one. And point two was you mentioned that Eichel probably wouldn't see the Sabres still the Stanley Cup final. February 1st in Las Vegas, Sabres, Sabres Golden Knights. March 20th, 2022, Golden Knights, Sabres in Buffalo. So... I think that first game will be a nice little Eichel in the press box shot. And the second game will be Jack scoring four goals in Buffalo. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Awesome. Undoubtedly. See you before the Stanley Cup final, Buffalo. Um, I wanted to make one point because I saw this a little bit. They were wondering, how does this work for Buffalo's cap space? They just sent out Jack and they only got a tuck Krebs back. LTIR functions really help at the top of the cap because it's not like you're it's not like that cap hit is erased right by going on ltir it's still it's still there so the sabers are over the cap floor by about a million and a half dollars so if they were at the top of the cap they're at 82 million or whatever that's where ltir functions really uh, give you a break if you're at the bottom they act as normal salary so just wanted to clear that up as to why that the cap makes sense for both teams yeah, and, and they're going to add at some point. I mean, the Sabres are not going to operate at a cap floor team for too long. They have these young guys that they have to sign eventually when they become mm -hmm. restricted free agents. And whether that's a bridge deal or a long-term deal, you're still going to have to pay them a significant amount of money to do so. So it's not going to be too much longer where Buffalo operates at the lowest point on the cap floor. They're going to eventually add to that roster, especially if they're performing and they're playing well. You're going to want to add. I know, listen, we talk a lot about Terry Pagula as an owner, but – but if Buffalo's performing well, he's going to spend the money. He's going to cut the checkbook. I think that a lot of personal emotion went into this Jack Eichel thing in terms of retaining salary and spending money that way. But but if Buffalo's competitive, they're going to add. So the cap floor is not really an issue for Buffalo going forward. It's only going to get better. Absolutely. NRD, it's finally happened. Jack Eichel is a Vegas Golden Knight. You, uh, you heard a lot of it here first on Cold Stove, the podcast. Yeah, uh, I love, November. listen, I love everybody, but you heard a lot of it here. <laughs> Happy November 4th, brother. Happy November 4th, Brett. All right, I'm going to go watch Kevin Adams try to uh, politic his way through this press conference. Go for it. All right, uh, we'll see you guys, uh, I guess, next Tuesday on yeah. Cold Stuff. Lots on of Tuesday. Cold Stuff Pod. All right, see ya.